Before we begin, let's nip round to the local. Yvonne? Uh-huh. Can I get a pint of punk, please? Sure. Um, just before you get that, can I tell you something? Do you remember I recorded a podcast on Saturday night? I do. And do you remember I'd had a few beers and I was trying to use some new software to record it? Uh-huh. Guess what? Uh-huh. The sound quality didn't really come out that great and my mic was way too loud and I need to apologise to all the listeners right at the start of the podcast. So can I do that right now? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, that's it done. Oh, also, do you fancy recording the bit that I do at the very start of the podcast, the bit where it sounds like you're on the phone? Uh, yes, I'd love to. Okay, thank you. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash News for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number five of the Brewdog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 16th of June 2018, where your fortnightly source for the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me, Bruce Cameron. And with two guests this week, first of all, we've got Andrew Watson. Hello everyone. And he's back from his ditch. It's Peter. <laughs> Steal my joke. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about new brew dog bars. A 220-year-old brew beer has been brewed. What on earth is a Maybach? How much of a beer geek are you? We've got Watty, we've got Matt, and we've got much, much more. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in BrewDog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of BrewDog. So, without further ado, let's play some theme music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hard-working bunch of people that we have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Blue Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Meldrum again. Right, before we do anything else, I need to say a big thank you to our top tier Patreon supporter, Innis Groves. Innis, thank you so much. Here's Gentlemen, up. here we are. We're here. Hello. 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 I'm alive. There is there is four of us. Yeah, that, that ditch couldn't have been very deep, to be honest. <laughs> Wait, that was probably the nicest photo I put in the forum the other day of me with uh, the drink responsibly sign. Yeah, and then the complete opposite to that. Andrew, how are you? Well, it's nice to be back for a second time. Good to it's, it's a difficult second album for me, I think. So, uh, <laughs> a bit of a challenge to be relevant and and interesting. So, let's give this a go. Excellent, Bruce. You all good? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just just back in the house. Too many any pizza ordered this evening? No, nope, no pizza ordered. The girls have had their dinner. Um, we're we're all good. Excellent. Right. In that case, let's get straight on with the news. Biggest news story this week. Well, sorry, this fortnight, just after we recorded the last episode, Equity for Punks USA arrived the second round. Uh, Andrew, you seem to be getting the stories where the figures are involved. What can you tell us? <laughs> well, it's uh, great timing from Drew Dog again, coming in just after we recorded the last podcast. So uh, it, 
Equity for Punks USA, it's the Equity for Punks version that our friends across the pond can actually invest in because of various legal things. They can't invest in PLC fundraising grounds. And it's basically just building on what happened a couple of years back with the first fundraising round. So it's an initial $10 million seems to be really based around opening more bars and spreading out that network. So there's a hit list, uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, so keeping it close within Ohio, as well as going up into Detroit and New York City, plus doing things with events in Columbus. Uh, And what's quite interesting with this, actually, is the overwork side of things. So taking Richard Kilcullen, who is the master of funk, taking him from Ellen and basically giving him a, a split role between Ellen and Columbus. So you can invest for $50, 50 US dollars, and there's benefits as usual. And the other thing with the EFP USA too is there seems to be a real emphasis on growing the community, finding more fans in the US as well. So it all looks pretty exciting. I tried to buy a share. Oh, did you? No, yeah, you don't, you don't. You don't sound like you've had success where you've said that. <laughs> I didn't have any money in my bank account at the time. <laughs> yeah, patreoncom slash podcast. Please help me out. <laughs> yeah, no. Other than that, it's gone absolutely fine. No, so I'm 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 looking forward to getting my share. Uh, Bruce, are you rushing out to buy shares in Brewdog USA? No. <laughs> no, I'm not wanting to go to the AGM. Yes, that's why I got one for that reason. You can go to the American AGM as a EU shareholder. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything much more we really want to say about Equity for Punks USA. I mean, it is, kind of is what it is. Just, like, oh, just how much How much is a share? Is it the same? Yeah, $50. 50, yeah, $50 for one share, and the minimum investment is one share. Oh, right. Well, I might get one then. Uh, right, Peter, you've got the next one. We're straight in. The Beer Geek Awards. Brewdog have been going nuts promoting this online at the moment. Um, if you've been living under a rock, could have missed every tweet, every email and everything else, please tell people what the Beer Geek Awards are. So the Beer Geek Awards started last year. It was Brewdog's way of kind of giving back to the community and pushing the whole craft beer message, you know, making showing that people are interested and rewarding people that, you know, really do push out there. There's different categories. I think there's five, maybe six in total. There's a new one this year for photography. Um, and there's also then the competition is run both in the EU and the USA at the same time. All right. So, okay, what do you get then for winning any of these categories so in each category um there'll be one winner both europe and america but then they will also choose one between those two as the overall winner uh in europe each category gets a trophy and a trip to barcelona and then tickets to attend the mash festival there in america they all get to go to denver colorado and go to the great american beer festival for europe's biggest beer geek they will receive the prize as mentioned above, but they also then get a five-day trip to San Diego. And for our pals across the pond in America, they get to come across to Brussels. So they get to go, you know, go wander along to Canteon and be like, heaven. <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty serious stuff, it is, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah. it's not, they're, not, they're not like messing around them. Not this. at all. They're pumping plenty into this, and with good reason. I mean, it's all about pushing the, the craft beer vehicle, the message of craft beer being better than your AB InBev macro nonsense. And we also then, on top of all of those prizes, you then have the extra world's biggest beer geek, which is basically whoever wins overall in the categories, either between Europe and America, then in the last spot, out of all of them, they get all of that, but they also get either $1,000 or 1000 quid spending money. 
Now, I'm I'm a bit of a beer geek. I'm also uh, quite considerably overweight, so I think I would be in a good category for the world's biggest beer geek. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Um, right, let's move on. Thank you very much, Peter. Bruce, um, there was an update on the bar openings. This was actually posted about uh, three weeks ago, but we missed it from the last episode because we had yeah, too we much did. to cover. Yes. What, what can you tell us? What's happening in the world of bar openings? Well, we're currently sitting in June, and looking for this month, we've got the Norrköping in Sweden, which is the, the fifth bar in Sweden, and Hong Kong opening this month. So the Edinburgh airport... Can't say exactly when, but we're looking at September for that. The um, Manchester Northern Q now it's it's changed to Manchester Brew Pub, and it's no longer in the Northern Quarter, but it will be near Manchester University. Um, I I don't know Manchester at all. I think Rob, you do. Yeah, I was a student in Salford and Manchester for four years. So, although it's really changed beyond all recognition since I was there, but. Absolutely, I've never been. But the the next one, which was kind of interesting one for for me and, and possibly I would have thought Peter as well, is is Hotworks. Um, they they had that down for July. They uh, they're basically saying not to hold out for July, um, hoping for late summer. Um, the license has been granted, but the works haven't been started yet. Um, is that something you'd be interested in getting involved with, Peter? Uh, the bar is hot works, definitely, yeah. man. Um, yeah. Obviously, as someone who brews and now and again with my mate Grant, make the stupid iron brew beers and whatnot, um, it's going to be so much better having a proper kit that you want. You don't have to buy yourself, so you just pay to rent it and use it. You're going to have all the wealth of knowledge and experience that the staff there have. And don't get me wrong, I think 95% of brew dog staff I know, if not 100, have all at least attempted, if not regularly, homebrew themselves. Magic. The biggest thing for me about having the hot works, though, it is going to be amazing for having many beatnik nights. It's going to be amazing for the homebrew club because they can all get together and do things off their off their own bat as well. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be I think good. I, I would like to give it a bash um, when I've got some time. You know, I can add well, that to my my numerous can, hobbies that I've got. But never mind. We can get Rob the, down and have a have a th- yeah. A I'd love to. I'd lo- I genuinely <laughs> love to get us all together for for that opening as well, and to do to brew a beer. But uh, later in the show, we've got news on the pricing of uh, the um, homebrew at Angel well, as well. That's come through. But just to very quickly run do run through some of the the other bar openings that we've got. Perth have got their contract signed. They, they're in for planning licensing now. Um, not currently sure where they are with St Andrews. Inverurie is going under contract this week, um, which will then go for planning license. Um, Dublin, uh, they say it's it's a better place than they had it before. Can't say too much, but they are in neg- negotiations for a great site. So looking forward to the, the guys over, over in Ireland opening up sometime soon. Budapest moving forward, um, the site they initially had their eyes on had, had kind of fallen through. They're looking for a good replacement right now. Um, Amsterdam is another active target. Two potential sites being evaluated. Um, Reykjavik currently being fitted out and scheduled for the first week in July to be opened. Um, oh, so that could actually be the next bar opening. Yep, then. yep. The, <laughs> I'll have to put a shout out on the forum for someone from Reykjavik to come on the podcast. <laughs> Milton Keynes Draft House Renovations is is cracking on, looking for that to be open fairly soon. Did you see we got we got sent photos of that? They've put all the brew dog banners and around the place yeah. now. The I think somebody asked if Clarkson was opening, but that's oh. um that, and then I'm gonna bypass that. And then <laughs> um, one person one person in person did ask it made me chuckle. It was a Martin McConnell on the forum asked if um, Stony Bridge was getting their own brew dog. 
I don't get no, it. it's it's a, it's an old there was an old comedy series from back in the day where Stony Bridge and it was um it was absolutely it was a guy from um I thought that's quite good but I think B- it's an Bruce, Bruce. Is that his dad is that his dad Bruce. joke out of the way? No. Oh no, we I've got no I've I've got the I've got the perfect sound effect for this. It's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, that's an incoherent look at the bars that are coming up. So next, we've got uh, a story here. I thought this one was quite interesting. Jumped out at me. Nothing to do with Brewdog, this one. Uh, a 220-year-old beer. Um, so, yeah, brewers are using a yeast they found on a shipwreck. Uh, the Sydney Cove, that uh, is a ship that left Calcutta, India in 1796 for a fledgling penal colony in Sydney, Australia. But before it could reach its destination, the ship sank. It was not discovered until 200 years later when a team of amateur divers stumbled upon the long-lost wreck. Uh, among the leather shoes, anchors, cannons, the team landed upon 31,500 litres of old-time booze. The alcohol was analysed at the time, revealing traces of grapes, port, wine and beer. Now, 20 years later, a plan is in place to resurrect this 18th century beverage. The team re-examined the contents of the bottles and isolated the yeast. The analysis of the genetic makeup revealed that it was a rare hybrid state hybrid strain worlds away from the types used to make modern beer. It was taken to a laboratory and brewers began concocting drinks that could become commercially viable. The process involved a lot of trial and error, and as a brewer, Stu Korch of Australia's oldest brewery, James Squire, pointed out, taming, in inverted commas, taming the historic yeast was no mean feat. So, um, yeah, what can we expect from this historic drink? Um, Apparently, it's going to be dark, malty, spicy, and stormy. Uh, The beer's been named quite appropriately The Wreck. Sounds like my wife. (laughs) It's... It's a porter-style beer. It's inspired by uh, porter's small ales and IPAs found on the ship, and it contains hints of blackcurrant and spices. Uh, But be warned, all those tempted to try the old-timey brew, because it's such an old salt, there may be a daft of phenolix and a splash of funk. Is it phenolix? Is that the right word? Anyway. um, Bottled funk. Yeah, so that. it's uh, basically in Australia, um, a 220-year-old beer uh, has been brewed called The Wreck. I'll give it a try. Well, if I can get one. Yeah. <laughs> what? A preservation I missed that earlier on. I just, I just nipped away to... There wasn't there was a pizza at the door, but um, what, what was the ABV, did they say? No, they didn't. No. Uh, excellent right uh, next up we have uh, so many new beers coming out of Brewdog in the last few weeks uh, genuinely I've struggled to keep up uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen them between fanzine and everything else um, putting you know obviously fanzine's putting out three new beers a fortnight as well as Dog G that we spoke about in the last episode collab beers coming out Riptide came out uh, Nitro uh, there's been that double A that came out which was the collaboration as well Jet Trash that came out this week It's really, and genuinely, I'm struggling to keep up. Uh, One that did jump out at me, though, is uh, one that Brewdog have done. Uh, They teamed up with BRLO, Brillo? Brillo? Brillo, Andrew, is it Brillo? I think it's, I I don't know, it's just, (laughs) it's that Berlin brewery, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Brillo, BRLO. But they created a beer called a Maybok. Um, I know nothing about Maybox. Do you, Peter? Do you, Andrew? 
I know you don't, Pete. Maybebok. Um, is, that, is, that, is that called a Hellsbok? Is that not another name for it? It's basically a lager, but higher ABV. I am. Is what I was under. Like, I understand them all. It's like lighter in colour. Very special. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the, the, a, a bock is just like a strong style of ale, usually between six or seven, or six and a half and 7.2 or you. something. Um so they basically just don't like rip your face off. I think is one of the things I read about it. Um, but I'm not going to be a fan because it's based on a lager. So, no Andrew, is this a beer style you've ever come across? See, I think this would be. Well, I think it'll be pretty good. So I, I'd, I've not had this one, but I had a, a BRLO collaboration with the Brewdog Berlin Bar when I was in that bar back last September, and it's, it's basically their version of Collabfest, and that was a brilliant, really light sessionable if if we can't if we don't hate that word uh sort of lager it was really nice hoppy uh-huh. fragrant etc so if it's basically a dialed up version of that i think this will be really really good did any of you guys try the lager the vienna lager that was in the last fanzine no no, no. I, I think was that I the one i drank really... on the last podcast did i open that yes one? sorry <laughs> of course it was yeah uh, uh, i really enjoyed it which was a massive surprise because I'm not a lager drinker at all. And I found it completely inoffensive. That's the word I used, I think, at the time, which is not really what I was looking for from fanzine. But Excellent. <laughs> it's, it's, so good, it's so good to know how much attention I pay to my own podcast. That's what, that's what happens when you're 30 pints down now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, right, let's uh, fire off a quick advert here. This is a landmark moment. It's 10 years since Brewdog began reshaping the UK beer scene. This is the shock of the new, the end of the beginning, and an apocalypse for the status quo. At Brewdog, we've been ripping up the rule book since day one as we pioneered a new generation of business model. Our business is part owned by over 50,000 people who love good beer as much as we do through our shareholders, our friends, our community, and the heart and soul of our business. And this is your chance to join them. What started in 2007 with two humans and one dog has been one of the fastest growing businesses in the UK over the last seven years. Which now owns and operates two amazing breweries, one in Ellen, Scotland, and one in Columbus, Ohio. Has 50 fantastic beer buyers dotted all over the planet employs nearly 1,000 people and is on the Sunday Times list of the top 100 companies to work for. And equity punks who invested in 2009 and 2011 have seen the value of their investment increase by over 2,000%. And with this growth set to continue, this is your opportunity to get involved. Our future plans include expanding our existing breweries to keep pace with the demand, Finalising and launching Overworks, our outstanding sour beer facility. Opening more beer bars and brew pubs internationally. And building new breweries in Australia and China. By investing, you will entitle yourself to a lifetime discount of all of our bars and our online shop. Get an invite for you and a friend to our legendary AGM. And benefit from our future dough. With your help, we want to create a debut world. One where consumers become owners and businesses can empower global change. Equity for Punks is an equilibrium between heart and head. No borders, no rules, no limits. The future won't be dictated to us by mega corporations, but shaped by people like you and us. This is about creating a new normal and changing business forever. This is Equity for Punks. 
Right, gentlemen, uh, voicemails time. We're always keen to hear from you on the BrewDog News podcast, so please feel free to call us at 01224 518 501 and leave us a message. Uh, we've got two voicemails this week. Uh, the first is from a Watty from Old Meldrum. Hi, hi, BrewDog News podcast. Fool you doing today? It's Watty here for Old Meldrum. As you can probably tell, I'm in the best of humours. I've had a £3,000 bill for a tractor, and I'd Ball's just on his lost legs. So, I was wondering, Ken, uh, if you only in why with Mr. Watt and Mr. Dickey, because I was wondering if they'd be interested in buying a ball, the type of ball that would cook up, cook up real good and could be used in a smoked porter. I could even give you a name for it, Dougie Deer. Anyway, Ask him and, and just see. But, but my main question was, fit is the chain gang? Because I'd read on the internet that some folk weren't happy with the name, but it fits it our boot. That would be there. You could, you could let me get out, Ken. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Oh, dear. Uh, I remember last week <laughs> with the bull, but... Oof. Uh, I think it was really, really bizarre. I don't know if you've actually seen on Twitter that <laughs> Wattie has got... Two more followers have seemed to come off the back of it. One, his mate Sandy, yeah. and and his wife. <laughs> and the new question is: the new question is, is that us doing that, or is that other people doing that? It's not, it's not I have us. no idea. I can guarantee it. It's not. Us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Peter, what he wants to know: what chain gang is? What can you tell us about chain gang? Uh, no, Chain Gang is a, a cycling group, basically. It's a, a thing. Um, Strava is this lovely... Uh, I, I can't even ride a bike. Why am I talking about this? Uh, <laughs> Andrew, what can you tell him? I thought you were really into this. <laughs> and, well, can Peter not tell us about his bicycle career and all that? No? Right, no, basically, basically, right. Chain Gang is a brewdog initiative for people to go cycling together. But off the back of that, they are also using it to push the brand. They've actually teamed up with Miltag, who started in 2010, a couple of guys, I was reading up on that earlier, who actually make some really, really proper, high-quality, nice-looking uh, cycling gear. And of which I was reading on the forum as well, JB, um, obviously you're, you're head of retail, aren't you? JB's retail? Yeah. JB, you're head of retail. Um, he was actually kicking about in London himself, and he saw people he'd never, you know, he didn't know who they were, but he's seen people in the public wearing the, the clobber. As such, mm-hmm. they get chatting to them. I think it's, I think it's a really good thing. I mean, it's it's promoting exercise. And what do you do after a bike ride? You're going to go have a pint. I, I presume. I presume, Rob. I'm just I'm just catching the tail end of this. With I didn't put two and two together until you mentioned that people were unha- unhappy about it. So I've heard of chain gang for for years. My 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 view of the word chain gang was um, the guys at the side who who run up and down with the chain at American football games. With the, the yardage markers, they are the chain gang. They've been they've been the chain gang for. I mean, when I I, I used to play for the, the Grand City Oilers, and prior to that, he used to play American um, football. We, yeah, well, not very well, but yeah, I did. Is there anything you haven't done? There's a couple of things I'll tell you for a start, but obviously not on the podcast. <laughs> the 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 guys who have got the yardage markers, they're called the chain gang, and I think they've been called the chain gang for. Years and years and years. So for me personally, I never took any negative connotations from that, that word. I, say, I think Brewdog have 
taken from general cycling culture. There's all, all these lycra-clad people now outside of craft beer bars. It's like the Mikula Running Club, and chain gang seems to be the the accepted description for that. So I can see where they where they've taken it from. And no, no real issue with it. Yeah, yep. fair enough. Cool. Uh, right, we've got another voicemail here, and this one is from Matt. How's it going, boys? Matt here, calling you from sunny Dumfries in Drumlanrig Castle for Tough Mudder tomorrow. So this year, Brewdog are putting on the free beers at the end, so Truck Norris is waiting there, inviting me, saying, come on, Matt, you can do this, have a free beer. And I was just wondering, what's the worst or the biggest thing you would do for a free beer? Ooh, what would you do? What would I do for a free beer? Yeah. Ooh. Nothing. I'd, I'd probably just turn up at your house, Rob. <laughs> if I had absolutely no money and I was desperate for a beer because it's been, you know, a day, I would <laughs> probably do quite a lot for a free beer. I would more than happily uh, collect glasses in a bar. I would uh, work on uh, a farm for a bit. I would do quite a lot of things for free beer, but most of the time, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can pay for my beer, so I'm not that bothered. My daughter's just in a job. I'll be back in a minute. Amazing. Andrew, what would you do for a free beer? Can't really top that one, can I? Nope, absolutely not. Right, uh, Bruce, Andrew, Peter, it's that time. It's this time again. Was it? CBS. Yay. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, before we g- begin, Woo-hoo! sorry, Cameron posted a new way you can revise for your CBS exam. This might be of interest to you, Bruce. If you log into your BrewDog account online, then click account, you will see along the top there, there is a new learning and development section on the menus at the top. In there, along with the CBS workbook, is an online interactive version of the workbook. It's free. Uh, You can learn everything you need to know before you take your exam in there. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. Excellent. Right, okay. Let's start with you, Andrew, being as we already know that you know the answers to all these things. So, question one. True or false, Andrew? The five main tastes we associate with beer are sweet, salty, bitter, sour, and umami. True. Well done. Correct. Well done, sir. Bruce. Yeah. All beers contain lipids, lipids, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. fat. True. That is false. In fact, if any fats get into a beer, it's usually through an unclean glass and it will kill the head on your beer. It sucks. Peter. Peter. True. Correct. (laughs) Andrew, question four. When sniffing lots of beer, the only way to reset your nasal receptors is to sniff your own armpit. False. That's correct. You can sniff the back of your hand. Bruce. Proper question, time. Short, quick sniffs are the most effective way for sensing an aroma of beer. I know this one. It's true. Correct. Is that your child I can hear in the background? Yeah, sipping beer. Excellent. Peter, 
Oakfast is an outstanding beer. False. It's an outstanding wine. Correct. Buckfast is not a beer. But it's pretty outstanding. Andrew, brown beers can be described as having a nutty, toffee and maybe chocolatey taste. True. That is correct, sir. Mm-hmm. Bruce, German and Czech hops are known for their grapefruit and pine tree flavours. False? Yes. Correct. That's USA yes. hops. They're known yeah. for their grapefruit and pine tree favors. And finally, last question. Peter. Pedococcus. Who? Pedococcus is a type of bacteria that can be used in brewing sour beers. True or false? True. Correct. Well done, sir. It, apparently, apparently, it can give a beer a sweaty sock character. Yep. I was, I was supposed, to, I was supposed to have read this, but I'm. Re- I'm, I'm... Oh, you're all right. Right, moving on, Andrew. Uh, let's fire through a few things here. Task Force. Um, I've seen this name come up a few times. I thought it'd be interesting to tell our dear listener uh, what ta- Brewdog's Task Force is. What do you know? Well, Task Force is it's a business unit within BrewDog. It's been formed quite recently in, in, a, in a formal way. And it's really about focusing on big projects, international expansion, things like new breweries, for example, and other innovations. And it should draw together all the different parts of the business. So there's three key stakeholders you'll see in different guises. Um, what's quite interesting is Neil Simpson has moved up from being chief financial officer to being business development director. So he's doing big expansion projects across the globe. You've also got Martin Dempster, who's been around a while, who's doing technology projects. Uh, most of us will also be familiar with Sarah Warman, who I think she started as head of marketing and has now worked up to to lead the community and marketing elements of Task Force. So it's really all about launching new stuff all over the world and making BrewDog even bigger and better. Now, the name Task Force, it sort of says to me that this is like a small team who will be given, you know, this is what you're working on for this week. This is your focus. Go for it. Um, and have obviously many people working underneath them who can focus on those things. So, um, yeah, I noticed Sarah was talking about the uh, Task Force to, um, just yesterday on Twitter. Did any of you see the job advert that she posted up? No, what was it? No. This is what Sarah put. Okay, all you project managers with jobs and even worse office drinks, we are looking for an awesome project manager to join our join our extracurricular marketing team task force. Quit your job and come work with me. And then she posted up a big long thing here about all the duties that you'd have involved. Basically, if you're someone who is willing to put the hours in, be a project manager, take things forward. Wow, this the job description on this is quite amazing. I imagine the pay packet wouldn't be too bad either. I hope so. See, the thing with this, though, is I wonder if they need to be a bit boring to actually do this well. And this is the thing with a lot of BrewDog stuff. Sometimes they just need to take a step back, proofread stuff. I mean, the amount of mistakes that were in the different prospectuses, you know, the, the things that have been dropped recently. BrewDog's still going in a great direction, but there are things slipping through the cracks. Yeah. So I look at a job spec like that and I think, well, surely let's just get somebody who's really, really good at coordinating and organizing stuff. Let the big dreamers do their thing, but make sure it's all steering in the right direction and is actually going to be good for the business. Hmm. Yeah, good point. 
Totally. Bruce. Yes. Angel. Uh, the member Brewdog Angel opened uh, a couple of weeks ago. A uh, quick follow-up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran the uh, feature on that, and uh, the home brewing kit was a big part of the uh, new Angel bar. Uh, the lovely Sydney, uh, she posted up on the forums details of pricing, which I know a few people Ooh, were interested cool. in. So if you're wondering how much it's going to cost for you to brew your own beer in a Brewdog pub, Bruce... Here it is. Yes. It's going to be 50 quid for your first session. This is basically going to include the kit hire. Uh, uh-huh. So it's the kit, the water, fermenter, storage space, space, space for your beer to go, uh, a booking to come back in and bottle the beer, and importantly, a member of the team will be on hand to show you the system, walk you through its quirks, and to be on hand to answer any questions. So... so- so, so I pay for 50, 50 quid. quid and that's you and, you know, one Go or two in. pals come in, brew your own beers. That doesn't include any ingredients. Uh, if you've not got your own, if you've not got your own ingredients, the staff can organize those for you. Right. And you'll end up with 20 liters roughly of finished product. See, I, I, yeah, I would give that a go. I'd find that I would find that a lot more interesting to do rather than actually trying to set something up in, in a garage here. Yep, fair enough. Uh, £35 for subsequent sessions, um, and those would be unsupervised. And the nice thing is you get your discount on top of that as well, your FP discount. So I think those prices are quite good. I, uh, I don't know. Have, have Andrew, Peter, have you guys done any home brewing? How does that sort of stack up price-wise? So I've done something similar to this at Ubrew in Bermondsey. And yeah, you mentioned that yeah, last podcast. Yeah. I can't remember the pricing, but th- this sounds pretty competitive, especially as it's supervised. The other thing is I don't want too much of the beer. So, what, 20 litres? Yeah, that's You share that around a few mates. It's not going to last too long. 4,500 4, milliliter bottles. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's... How many bottles? 40 half liter bottles. Or 60 330s, just over. That's all right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all right. A couple of cases, yeah. I mean, I mean it's the experience of doing it as well, isn't it? That's the thing. Well, yeah, and it might be 60 every 330s, but given my experiences with bottling at Ubrew, you'll probably get about 30 that are actually usable after that. So that sounds, <laughs> that sounds about right. A lot of beer on the floor. Um, so that sounds yeah. about right. I don't want to be stuck with 50 bottles, especially if I make something that's meant to be drunk fresh. So, yeah, it sounds pretty good. And if, if, yeah, and if you're talking, if you've got a couple of mates, say, say there's, you know, two or three, say three, you end up with 60 bottles, 20 bottles each. You know, that's, that's not a lot. And you're working out, what, a pound, a quid a bottle, plus yeah. the experience of doing it, I think that's good. I remember my, my dad, when I was a kid, my dad used to brew, um, home brew, you know, the kind of small kind of plastic keg kits and all that sort of stuff. And... The the mess he made, the the space he took up, the all that sort of stuff. If he had gone, I think, and tried it and went, Yeah, this is for me, or actually no, this isn't for me. It it's it saves it saves them actually it streamlines streamlines it. It, 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 totally it, saves, it saves people buying kit unnecessarily and trying to flog it second hand. Okay. Uh, right, moving on, gents. A couple of things Cam posted. Uh, if you don't venture onto the forums very often, you very often, sorry, you might have missed uh, a few bits and bobs that Cameron, Brewdog Cameron, posted recently. Uh, the latest issue of Dog Tales, uh, that should have arrived in your inbox if you're an equity yep. punk. If you haven't got it, drop uh, Brewdog an email and they will make sure you get that. It's a really good little thing. I uh, mentioned it before. Uh, you, uh, Cameron also launched his new business dashboard, uh, which was posted up as a PDF. Again, this will be in your inboxes. I spoke to Cam over the weekend. Uh, it'll be in your inboxes next week, I think. Um, 
the beer figures, um, really interesting one here. This is another thing he posted up. These are the Nielsen ratings uh, on craft beer in the UK. And uh, please prepare yourselves, gentlemen, for a mini round of applause here. Uh, according to the official release from, um, from Nielsen, uh, Punk is now the number one craft beer, both in off-sales, as in supermarkets and shops, and on-trade, as in pubs. Well, that's... Let me be the first person to say to Innocent Gun, <laughs> be <laughs> uh, The other thing is Hawks is now available. The Hawks cider is now available in the online shop. Um, Which I got to try for the first time at the Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival. And, yes. Um, Yes, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Not a huge huge, um, cider drinker, but yeah, I would definitely, definitely buy some more. Yeah, excellent. Um, Quick one here, Doghouse, the hotel in Columbus, is now officially taking bookings. Uh, It's going to be open on the 27th of August. Uh, Cameron's over in Columbus just now, so I'm kind of hoping he'll get a sneak peek and maybe he can report back to us on the Beatnik special in two weeks' time. Um, Peter and Andrew, I marked you guys up for this one. Interested to hear what you think. Uh, We got an email from Paul Maitland. He's an equity punk in Glasgow. Uh, And he asked a few questions, but one I thought you two might like to answer is this. Um, Elvis Juice and Jack Hammer, uh, a.k.a. Elvis Hammer. We've mentioned it a couple of times before. Uh, Peter, you've tried it. Um, Any others you've tried, Peter? Andrew, yourself, have you mixed any beers, or is this like uh, a thing that would be disrespecting the brewer? Before you start, I was actually going to say that, Peter, you've mentioned before that you you mix a lot of beers, and you have done. I mix, I tend to mix a lot of everything. (laughs) Um, obviously Elvis Hammer or Jack Juice whatever you want to call it um, is a good staple one um, another one I've had recently was Clockwork Tangerine and Jet Black Heart like Terry's Chocolate Orange I'm going to be trying that really? next time I'm in I'm kind of annoyed yeah Cam did that Cam did that when he got he took a Clockwork Tangerine over to Columbus this week and then got a draft Jet Black Heart and sort of topped it up with the, the Tangerine mm-hmm. that's when I read it yeah uh, obviously the old school one would be the Ripcore the Riptide and Hardcore yep. IPA I was in recently, obviously, with the Riptide Nitro launch. A lot of people were trying to recreate it. There was a big debate. I don't know if you've seen that posted up about... I had the question about, is Mr. President, Hardcore, and Tesco Double Finest all the same? We eventually did get confirmation. They're all the same, but slightly tweaked, but still the same. Um, So, obviously, I forgot to pick up a bottle of Hardcore, and I forgot Tesco is literally round the corner from Doghouse as well. Um, So I asked... A lot of people in the forum were doing the collab with Scofflaw, was it? Yes. The AA? Um, so I asked the bar for a, a double A and a Riptide, and they misheard me, and I was given an Octocore, an 8-bit, and a Riptide Nitro. So not only did it look horrific when it was being poured, <laughs> but it, it, I one, it was for science, so I had to finish it. But, oh, man, it was no. not pleasant. <laughs> That's, it sounds like a beer that would curdle. It, it pretty oh. much did. It pretty oh. much did. Um, and I don't know... I don't know if you remember the um, years ago um, they did the collab with Tool, or not even a collab, but technically it was a mixed beer. It was the YOLO Milk by uh, Tool and Hardcore Mix. Do you ever remember the release of Hardcore Milk? Anyone? Nope. No? Yeah, vaguely. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the ones that kind of first got me into doing that. Well, they're going to be doing that at Beatnik, aren't they? So they're making the the raspberry cheesecake stout. So they're making the the sort of biscuit base for the cheesecake at the minute, and then make it in a 
sort of a big batch of that and then a smaller batch of the raspberry right. sour. And then they're going to mix that together to make it into the raspberry cheesecake. So that'll be quite interesting. See, I, I quite like it when uh-huh. the brewers are doing this because you know it's going to be something that's hopefully quite good. I'm not sure I trust myself <laughs> to, to get it quite as right. I wonder, I wonder, I bet they've missed a trick here. Do you think they've actually kept a batch of each separate? How much fun would that be to be giving them both and then pour it yourself? And then obviously do What, like a Muller corn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Next up, Brewdog yogurts. No, um, I, I think that would have been a great... I mean, they do like a, a, a gimmick, don't they? I think that would have been a great thing on the day. Well, we all know we all know every single one of the brewers avidly tunes into this podcast, so I'm pretty sure in two weeks' time they will have that. Uh, well, oh, oh, that's a good point. It might not have been mixed yet. I'm going to get on the forum. I'm going to get on the forum and mm, ask about that go right for it. now. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, very quickly, Peter, before you head off to the forum and start typing frantically, um, we are going to be doing our Beat Next special. That is the next recording, two yep. weeks from today. Uh, Andrew, you're going to be up for that, is that right? I am, yep, I'll be there. Excellent. We'll we'll get all of us on the podcast. We've got a whole plan for the thing worked out. We're going to basically do it as a review of 2018 so far, as well as any uh, breaking news. Halfway, halfway through the year. Yeah, time. Uh, but um, bottle share is one thing we're going to be talking about, and uh, Peter, I think uh, you were in trying to organize a bottle share and I think there was another bottle share going on. What can you tell us? Peter, over to you. Bottle share. Uh, bottle share. So I thought it'd be quite nice. Um, I wanted. I did this at the AGM on the Sunday with a few other regular friends and we just sat in the flagship on the Sunday and whipped out a nice few big bottles each. So I was trying to do the same again, maybe at Beatnik, try to just a bit more organized, maybe get seven or eight people, cap it at that. I did kind of want to, for a laugh, maybe make it a bit more special, a high roller club, so maybe have a, you know, a minimum price. We all turn up with, 40, like, 40 quid worth of beers, and then we can all just be very, like, hmm, yeah, it's craft beer. Hmm, very nice. Oh, like, the retro nasal on this is amazing. Um, well, that's however, nice. that however, Brewdog... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, well, you should come to the bullshit. It's even better than we do every month. But um, Brewdog are also on the Friday night before the beatnik in Castlegate downstairs going to be having a, a kind of, not a meet and greet or not a bottle share, just more like an equity punk get together. You can bring bottles of stuff, you can share with whoever you want and then Cam said he'll bring along a few bottles of something nice as well. Excellent. So there's going to be a bottle share on the Friday, you're kind of organising one on the Sunday on the and Sunday then we've got to beatnik in between the two. Mine, mine will be on the, the Saturday night actually because I'm away the Sunday. Oh. I like the sound of the Friday night ones. So. I was just going to see. <laughs> I like the sound of the Friday night one. No high rolling for me because I'll be fine. flying up, so I can't bring anything. So it's basically whatever I can find in Aberdeen on the day. <laughs> the good news about this Friday night actually is that there's no football on, so so downstairs will be, be clear of that. Right uh, now, gents, have you heard about Brewdog's Equity for Punks scheme? Have you, have you got a tumbleweed sound on your soundboard? In all seriousness, though, uh, Equity for Punks 5 is currently sitting at 18.7 million raised, 35,794 mm-hmm. investors, uh, which is really quite staggering. Uh, there's some great rewards available. If you invest at certain levels, include uh, these include BrewDog installing a fully functional BrewDog bar in your own home. Uh, the downside is for that one, you have to invest £50,000. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. 
you also need enough pals to make it worthwhile. <laughs> a little more down to earth level is the rewards for investing five thousand pounds. And one person who took advantage of that is Jeff McCroty, aka Jeff MCC, on the forum. Uh, Jeff took the We Are Geeks benefit, oh, wow. and uh, he got to spend the day nerding out with the quality team over a taste panel. They had a session in the lab, a VIP tour, a dinner, and a Q and A with the masters of quality. Fantastic. Yep, Jeff wrote his experiences of the day up on the forum and uh, responding to my email, he very kindly offered to do a nice audio version for us. So, yeah, now by Jeff's own admission, this is very geeky stuff. This is one for the serious homebrewers and the proper beer geeks. Uh, so I've popped some house music on the back to keep <laughs> things lively. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wicked, wicked. and if you find yourself not too... If you find yourself not too fussed about what goes on in the quality labs, uh, just stick around. We've also got Brucey's dad joke straight afterwards. Geek day from a punk's perspective. 11 o'clock, taxis have been arranged by Brewdog to take everyone from Castlegate up to Ellen. There were six of us on the We Are Geeks Day and another five on We Blade Craft Beer Day. Fellow punks had travelled from a couple of miles up the road or far away as Amsterdam and Berlin for this boosted benefit. 12 o'clock, we were waited on by Ben, Daz and Emma from Brewdog and served with lunch and a few beers in Dog Tap. I started out on the Raspberry Popsicle in a failed attempt to pace myself and quickly moved on to a Cybernaut. With a Cluck Norris burger devoured, I felt ready to start geeking out. Time's become a bit of a blur from here on him. I'm sure that Raspberry Popsicle was more than 0.5% ABV. Next we met up with Fraser, head of quality, and headed over to the tasting suite for an introduction to Rachel, goddess of tasting. She may have had a different job title, but this is close enough. We were introduced to some fresh punk IPA and then the same with a boosted dose of isoamyl acetate. Uh, we gave descriptions of banana and pear drops depending on who was doing the tasting, although a whiteboard on the wall included a more esoteric descriptor, three circus peanuts, isoamyl acetate. And then my favourite descriptor from the board was four diacetyl, old men's knees. We left the tasting room for now and headed into the offices for a drop of death or glory and a few freebies including a sweatshirt, some pin badges, patches and stickers, uh, ball bags, another copy of DIY Dog and the latest fanzine box which contained three cans of new small batch beers. We're under strict instructions to give nothing away on this. Uh, you'll find out soon enough pallets of fanzine were spotted in the brewery ready for release. We hung out for a while in the offices under the Payroll Shark and a T-Rex, both made from bottle labels. Also, there are a couple of labelled penguins and a squirrel in the geek's picture if you look. We got to fondle a rather chubby end of history critter, uh, but there was no liquid left inside this little beauty. We joined up with a bleak craft beer group for a leisurely wander through the brewery. Uh, the production board showed two batches of Nanny State in process. It's been selling really well, so production overdrive on this one. We made our way over to the Lone Wolf Distillery. Always an awesome sight to see so much gleaming copper. It's a true work of functional art. 
Today the first batch of rum was being distilled and we were taught through the process, only to be interrupted when the temperature reached 70 degrees which required a change of flow rate to the steam jacket to apply heat a little bit more slowly. There was the same reason for this but I can't recall it. I chewed on a juniper berry while I considered how I might liberate the pilot still set up and give it a new home in my garage. If I was sober I may have formulated a cunning plan, I wasn't and I didn't. Next off for the geeks was the labs. Uh, lots of expensive bits of instrumentation in here, including a beer master, which measures lots of standard beer quality parameters. Uh, there was an Anton Par for density, percent alcohol, and color. Uh, one GC was dedicated to diastole measurement. There was a HPLC for non-volatiles, and then the Holy Grail, a GCMS. Now the GCMS splits out the different aroma components on the gas chromatograph part and determines the chemical nature of the components as they enter the mass spectrometer end. And there's also a nose port which allows your lab expert to sniff the components and record their descriptions in real time. Leaving beery chemical research behind we journeyed into the realms of microbiology, a clean room where few get to enter to minimise contamination risk. This is where yeast is grown up from tiny colonies on agar plates to 20 litres before being handed over to the production team for fermentation duties. We also saw the yeast counter. This is an unassuming bit of kit that counts yeast cells rather quicker than anyone else could and also works out how many are alive or dead. Attached on the end of the microbiology lab is a super clean room where PCR equipment gives fast genetic scale up to check for contaminants such as lactobacillus. Next up the red light district, tasting booths where red light disguises the natural colour of the beer to allow for tasting without colour bias. Some water, a few crackers and four beer samples awaited us to determine which was punk and what was different about the other three. Some of us got it correct but apparently I can't tell punk from another headliner in the range. We also did a tasting back in normal light with aged punk that had been chilled throughout storage versus aged punk at room temperature. I learned that I prefer a well stored punk and I really don't like the taste that develops when it's stored badly. From the board again, number one, damascenone, oxidation of green. We said farewell to the brewery at Ellen at about 5pm and were taxied back to Aberdeen for dinner at Musa with Daz to look after us. Very nice food, all you could drink and some inebriated equity punks for company. It was a brilliant evening to follow our brilliant day. The day ended with myself, Berlin and Amsterdam checking out the flagship bar on Gallagate for a couple more. This included Riptide Nitro which was beautiful. Unfortunately we had to pay for these ourselves, first expense of the day. Everyone had a great day, we learned lots about brewing, distilling, tasting and testing. As always, Brewdog staff went out of the way to ensure we had the best day. I never failed to be impressed by how knowledgeable all the staff are, not just in their specialist areas, but about the business as a whole. How it is performing, what the key focus points are, why things need to be done the way they are done. I just loved everything about the Boosted Benefits Geek Day and I can't wait for my next trip to Ellen, or maybe Columbus.
So there we go. Jeff, thank you very, very much for recording that. Uh, that it really is about as be a geeky as I can ever get. So um, congratulations, buddy. It really sounded like a fantastic well day. Um, let's, let's start wrapping things up. Uh, Bruce, can you give us your dad joke of the week, please? It's not so much a, it's not so much a joke, actually, but I, I think a lot of you know that I do take up a few hobbies as such, and um, one of the hobbies I did take up was... Um, snail racing and um, when I was doing snail racing it, it wasn't the fastest of snails and for me to think how can I make him speed up I took his shell off <laughs> if anything it made him more sluggish like I said we definitely need this tumbleweed soundboard <sighs> it, I know well, definitely you, you, like Rob's, Rob's like wonder how I would have felt after if I didn't have three pints in a can of indie Okay, that's it for this podcast. We are going to be back in two weeks' time for our Beatnik Live special. We will all be on it. We're going to have all sorts of guests. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, don't forget, uh, we've now launched our Patreon campaign. We need your help to keep this show on the air. There's so many people have been so generous already. Please visit patreon.com forward slash news for all the details. And you can also see that cool video that we mentioned that Kev from Board the Digital helped us put together. So let's give everybody a chance to say where you can be found online first yourself andrew i'm just andrew find me on the Brewdog forum and in two weeks time in person up at beatnik excellent peter yourself i finally actually got fake fox on instagram with one x after one reporting. X. yes back down to one x and i think the irony is the old account was probably me years ago so i reported it as fraudulent and then it disappeared i claimed it back i don't do twitter but i'm also fake fox on the forum and i'll also be at beatnik in a day there we go bruce you yeah, just standard Bruce, uh, Bruce, whatever you want to say. Brula Flu. Yeah, Brula Flu, B-R-U-L-E-F-U, everywhere. Just shout his name and he appears. Uh, you can find me, Sunscream, on Twitter and the same Sunscream, S-U-N-S-C-R-W-M, on the forums. You can also find out my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our local rate number, 01224 518 501. You can email us, studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast. And our Twitter is at brewdognews. Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. There's links on the website. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody. Bye. See you, beat Nick. Bye. Video.